0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's interview is with Patrick McKenzie. Patrick is the founder of Kalsomia Software. He's best known for two software products, Bingo Card Creator and Appointment Reminder, both which he's bootstrapped. Patrick's also a well known blogger, and he's joining me today from his home in Tokyo, where it's currently 3 a.m. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. Atio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go to market motion from self serve to sales led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports, and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 labs, Replicate, Modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at attio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot com. over to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. Patrick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Omer. Howdy everybody.
0: Now, before we get started, I think you should probably explain why you're doing this interview with me at 3 a.m. in the morning.
1: Uh, Why I'm doing it at 3 a.m. in the morning? Well, mostly the time zone difference. Uh, Why I'm willing to do it at 3 a.m. in the morning? <laughs> I really, really love talking to smart people about software. And um, That's it's my business, it's my job, but it's also my hobby. So uh, I, I generally solicit opportunities to you know do anything I can to talk about this stuff. It's one of the reasons my website has a standing invitation. I'll. Uh, If anybody is ever out in the Tokyo region, I would literally like buy coffee just to have an excuse to talk about this. Otherwise, I get crippling social loneliness from being the only software person within a uh, quite a wide radius where I used to live. And in Tokyo, there's more software people, but uh, less who are, quote unquote, like us, you know, doing their own thing as opposed to working at a big megacorp. So when you
0: moved into Tokyo, did you get a lot more people taking you up on your offer?
1: Yep. Um, I've been thinking, you know, prior to moving to Tokyo, I was a little worried because the population is probably two orders of magnitude bigger than Ogaki, uh, which is the small town in Japan I used to live in. And I thought, wow, if I'm, if I'm doing a meeting every day, I might have to walk it back a little bit, but it's been, it's been heavy, but manageable so far. So knock on wood, I'm going to, you know, try to keep doing it. So while we're on the subject of
0: talking to smart people, um, one of the guests that I had on, uh, a while back, and I can't remember which episode it was, was, uh, Paris Chopra, the, the founder and CEO of Wingify, the makers of visual website optimizer. And Paris told a great story of how, you know, he quit his job and he bootstrapped this business. Um, and he had a very, very modest goal. I think at the time he just wanted to be able to generate a thousand dollars a month from this business to cover uh, his, his, um, the salary he was getting from his previous job. And, you know, to date, he's turned that into a, a, a seven figure multi million dollar business. And he credited you as being one of the people that were key to helping him in the early days, figure out what product to build. Um, so I, I think that alone was a great story. And, and so Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with him, and
1: mm-hmm. um... well, back in the day, I uh, uh, I really love uh, Parasites one of my one of my favorite entrepreneurs. Certainly, my favorite uh, software person from India. He's uh, done an incredibly successful business over the years, and it's a product that I really love and is genuinely useful. Um, uh, way back in the day, when I was Uh, my business was a little smaller than it is right now. Uh, I had been blogging for a while about Bingo Card Creator and blogging about doing A-B testing for it. And, uh, dropped me a line one day and he says, Hey, I'm a engineer in India. I'm thinking of uh, doing an analytics software called Wingify and you seem to be like the analytics guy. So can I run it by you? And, uh, I said, Oh yeah, sure. But, uh, right now is my busy season, October. Uh, so can't do it right now, but um, he pings me again two weeks later, and he says, "Okay, if your busy season is over, I still have this thing to run by you." And he was pleasantly persistent like that for <laughs> uh, probably about a month until I installed the uh, the tracking code on my website and actually, you know, tried to put it through its paces. And um, I came back to him, you know, two weeks later, and said, "All right." Um, I never wanted to discourage any entrepreneur from doing what they uh, what they want to be doing, but I do know a little bit this analytics thing. And, uh, I've taken a look at your product and here's my, here's my honest feedback. Cause I think you're, you need to hear it. Um, this doesn't do anything better than Google analytics does. And they're already giving that away for free. So it would be very hard for me to see a path forward for this, um, uh, for this business right now. And at the time it did like 15 things. And, uh, he said, um, well, I'm going to do a 16th thing. And then, you know, that feature will be, uh, will be the thing that, uh, makes it, and uh, I said, well, rather than being a, a collection of 16 things that are all, you know, executed at like a C minus, I would really prefer it to be like a business that did one thing at A plus that I could recommend it over Google Analytics for. And it turned out the 16th thing was, um, which he showed me a week later, was Visual Website Optimizer. And as soon as he said that, I said, as soon as he showed me that. Like Within a minute of seeing the interface, I said, you should forget about the other 15 features and just sell this as a standalone product. And then the same day, I emailed um, a bunch of my buddies and said, Visual Website Optimizer is going to make this chap a millionaire. And I was right. (laughs) (laughs) That Um,
0: is a great story.
1: Yeah. So I went around the next two months. I banged down every SEO store I knew and said, hey, you've been using Google Website Optimizer to do A-B testing you and I both know that Google website optimizer is a terrible product and you're only using it because you're free. I have an invite code to this thing called visual website optimizer. It will blow your brains out. No, wait, that's not actually English. Uh, It will impress you very much. You should, you should use this now. And I think I probably gave away uh, 50 accounts of that Uh, paid accounts. If I remember right, I was like basically, uh, basically a sales rep because I love the product so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I know Paris really appreciated the help that you gave him. (laughs) All right. So we like to kick things off with a success quote to better understand what drives and motivates our guests. Do you have a favorite success quote? So
1: I went to Adlai E. Stevenson High School, and they have a quote that's on the wall attributed to Stevenson, who's an American politician. I don't know if he actually said it, but it said, um, how does it go? We are what we habitually do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. And that sticks with me, uh, particularly as the You know, arc of entrepreneurship lasts many, many, many years. And there's never a silver bullet like a, you know, I'm going to do one AB test or I'm going to release one product or I'm going to have this one sales conversation. And then that's suddenly going to flip the switch on this business. Um, It's just, you know, a long, very, you know, enjoyable journey. But at times it's just a slog and you got to like wake up on Thursday and do the work and then wake up on Friday and do the work then wake up the next week and do the work. And then, you know, a year later, you suddenly look back at the last year and, oh goodness, there's, you know, something on the graph. But it's very rarely the case that, uh, you know, there's just a, like one, you know, magic bullet decision that fundamentally changes the business.
0: Now, your first product was Bingo Card Creator, which uh, I believe has generated over $300,000 in revenue since you launched. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it was also what helped you to quit your job and start working full-time on your software business. Yeah. Are you still working on that product today?
1: So Bingo Card Creator is pretty firmly end-of-life at the moment. Um, the product still exists. People can buy it. Uh, it might sell a $1,000 over the next two days, thanks to uh, Valentine's Day. But uh, the only work that gets done is by my virtual assistant in the Philippines who answers Tier 1 technical support questions. Um, If there's something she can't handle, I, you know, it gets escalated to me and I handle it, but uh, very little gets through her these days. Uh, So um, I am focusing for the moment on Appointment Reminder, which is my second software product.
0: Okay. So let's, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about that. Can you give your, uh, can, can you give the listeners a better understanding of exactly what Appointment Reminder is? and? Uh, who who are the target customers that you're going after here?
1: Sure. So, appointment reminder does uh, automated phone calls, SMS messages, and emails to remind clients of the appointments that they have with professional services businesses. And the question is, what's a professional service business? Basically, it's someone who um, they have client they have a defined schedule, and when things don't happen according to that schedule, with regards to meeting with their appoint, uh their clients. Um, the business suffers substantial economic damage. So when I was thinking of appointment reminder back in the day, I thought, oh, I can sell this to massage therapists and to hair salons. And it turns out that massage therapists and hair salons, they have appointment books, and many of them have an appointment system, uh, meaning you know, they ask their clients to make an appointment in advance of dropping in. But if a client fails to show up for their appointment, they're a little annoyed, but they just you know take out their cell phone, play Angry Birds for 15 minutes, a walk-in comes in, and really no harm done. Uh, but many other businesses that have appointment books, like say uh trades businesses, an HVAC contractor, uh, somebody who you know repairs furnaces for a living, uh, they have catastrophic uh, catastrophic events happen to them when somebody misses an appointment. For example, if an HVAC contractor gets locked out of someone's apartment, um, sorry, locked out of someone's home for repairing their furnace. Uh, That typically means that three people just spent 30 minutes in a van to drive out to someone's house. They got locked out. They then drive back to the business. Uh, So the business owner loses three hours worth of wages at a professional rate. Plus, they often lose the sale of that uh, uh, furnace repair because when your furnace is broken, you need a fixed PDQ. And uh, if the appointment doesn't happen, uh, even if it's the homeowner's fault, the homeowner just dials somebody else in the phone book and gets them there right away. So that can often be between a you know on the low end four or five hundred dollars of damage to the business up into the you know uh two three thousand dollar range and there's um uh, believe it or not uh clients that have you know even more riding on a single appointment so,
0: so that's a really good lesson on um finding a really um, painful problem that people have and the difference between uh the hairdresser you described who you know if if an appointment to a client doesn't turn up it's not the end of the world um whereas for somebody else it could be a bleeding neck uh right. kind of problem and so how did you go about figuring that out
1: um mm-mm not one single bullet kind of thing. Uh, I actually launched a point reminder thinking that it would be mostly targeting the low end of the market. Um, I thought my, you know, the biggest thing that my software was doing was making it at uh, this. um, So there exists other solutions that do substantially similar things. uh, And they typically start at $1,000 per month and are launched uh, pretty much solely into the medical industry because the medical industry is the, uh, the lion's share of businesses, which are, uh, prepared to pay $1000 plus a month for this. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make it radically cheaper. My, you know, core customer will be paying about $30 a month. And then that opens it up to everybody who has an appointment book. And so massage therapists and hair hair salons will be able to use this. And some of them did, but um a couple months after launching, I was like looking at my uh you know, looking at the recent account signups and um You know, just humming a few bars. It's like Bugs Be Gone, Exterminator, blah, 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 carpentry services, uh, you know, uh, New England heating and uh, ventilation, uh, some other extermination firm, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I just picked up the phone to one of the one of the customers and I said, hey, it's Patrick. Uh, I founded the company that you use for appointment reminding stuff. I was wondering if I could just talk to the business owner for a minute. And I said, um, uh, hey, Bob, can you clarify something for me? Uh, recently I've discovered a lot of exterminators using appointment reminder and I don't quite understand why, why do you use appointment reminder? And he said, Oh, well, um, and he tells me the story about, well, if I get locked out of somebody's house, that means I just spent, uh, you know, an hour in a van with two other guys who smell bad in a van of toxic chemicals. <laughs> and then I go to the house, get locked out and make no money and then come back. And, uh, and he's like, and that happens all the time in the trades businesses, I'm like the trades businesses, that is like, that's the, like, magic thread that connects all these customers that I'm seeing. Woo. Um, so Trades makes up about 25% of our book of business right now. Uh, medical is about 25%. Uh, professional services, like, um, lawyers, accountants are about another 25%. And the remaining 25% is a grab bag of, you know, hair salons, massage therapists, tutors, random folks.
0: How long did it take you to build that first version of the product?
1: Um, so let's see. I quit, I have very exact answers for this. I quit my day job on uh, April 1st. I spent two weeks uh, building a prototype version and showed that around to people in Chicago and tell you that story in a second. And then I basically spent six months just burned out from my day job. So it didn't do anything. And then I spent uh, six weeks of hard charging to get the version 1.0 out the door to a state where it could actually take money. Um, so Total of eight weeks to launch appointment reminder. I guess um, the the story about Chicago is interesting. I mocked up a two page demo and took it on an iPad around uh, downtown Chicago. So I I didn't know whether there was like a market for appointment reminder. So I had this idea. Okay, it's going to be massage therapists and hair salons. I can't really you know cold call them from Japan, but as long as I'm going back to Chicago anyhow to see my family, uh, I'll just uh, put a bit of money in my pocket from the ATM and walk around the the very nice section of the city and i just walked into every hair salon and every massage therapist that i saw and said hey can i book a you know can i just do a walk in for a 30 minute shoulder massage okay we can do that all right so in lieu of the 30 minute shoulder massage can i just talk about massage therapy for 30 minutes cuz i'm interested in the industry I'm still happy <laughs> to pay you and i did that for 15 people and had uh, you know like a dozen conversations about uh how does appointment how does the appointment system work here? Do you use a computer? Do you have a computer on the premises? Uh, do you, you know, do you have no-shows? Are you vexed about your no-shows? Do you give people uh, phone calls to remind them about their upcoming appointment? Who does that at the office? Uh, you know, what doesn't work about that uh, thing for you? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let me level with you. I'm a software guy, and I have this thing on my iPad I'd like to show you. Can I can I ask you to take out your cell phone for a second? And then I would just type their cell phone number into this faked um, appointment screen on, you know, this two page demo. Like Page one was typing your cell phone number and page two was it showed, uh, you know, your name here, literally your name here uh, was <laughs> scheduled for an appointment five minutes after uh, the, you know, whatever the current time was. And then their cell phone would ring and a young lady, uh college student who was willing to record something on Fiverr for five dollars I said, this is your automated appointment reminder. Your appointment with Patrick is at five minutes from now. My computer would read uh, to confirm your appointment, press one. And then I'd say, okay, you can press one on your cell phone now. And then as soon as they press one on their cell phone, my iPad would flash with, they confirm the appointment. And I said, now, if you had canceled the appointment, we would have sent you an email and our SMS right away. And then you could reschedule that slot and not lose the revenue for it. And Uh, people were so mesmerized by the whole, like, wow, a computer is talking to me. That's awesome. Kind of thing that I would uh, just plow right into. So, uh, this doesn't exist yet, but it will in six months. Uh, would you be interested in using it when it exists? And then if they said yes, I just got their email address. And then I promptly lost all the email addresses, uh, a few months later, but I had, you know, enough proof points after a day of, uh, Uh, shoe leather over downtown Chicago that I thought, okay, there, there is certainly a market for this. And uh, unfortunately, because, you know, my, my, what's the word, Um, statistical distribution, my my, like selection strategy for who I was talking to was uh, guaranteed to get me only hairstylists and massage therapists that I was thinking like, okay, appointment reminder is going to be for hair salons and massage therapists for like the next six months as I was building it, which turned out to blow up in my face, but i uh, uh, still glad I built it.
0: Okay, so uh, I, I want to talk about the, the part about blowing up in your face. But before we do that, I think this is a great lesson for people listening out there. I mean, you know, we can all get caught up in this situation of, I want to build this product. Uh, I need to go and talk to people. I don't know how to reach them. And not everybody is as accessible as, you know, just walking down the street and walking into their business. But in this case, that was possible. And, you know, I I assume you ended up spending, what, a couple of hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks on this?
1: (laughs) You'd be surprised. Um, So I had budgeted $400 for the day. And um, only one person out of the 15 I talked to would actually take money for it the others were just happy to have a tea with someone who would uh who was listening to them and cared what they had to say wow
0: so you spent almost nothing yeah you got to talk to 15 potential customers um and you know got a ton of of data and feedback in one day mm-hmm. right so i think you know we all get caught up in those excuses and i think this is a great story that that people should kind of remember um and whatever business you 're in, figure out how you could do something similar yeah so th- thank you for sharing that okay oh thanks much
1: uh, by the way guys i'm i 'm an introvert introvert I used to run a world of warcraft raid guild uh, is how geeky I am. This is totally something you could do even if you don 't feel like you know a big go out and get them, tiger sales guy it's you can you can do this for like a morning it 's not that hard
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that um you know i i 'm a pretty introverted guys well and i hate the idea of just kind of going up to strangers and, and trying to talk to them but one thing i found is the the fear that you get thinking about talking to people is a lot worse than actually going and talking to them mm-hmm. right so it's almost like you have to just push yourself to do um that first one and then things tend to get a little bit easier after that
1: yep and particularly for this kind of stuff it's not a sales conversation it's just you want to talk to someone about themselves. And people love talking about themselves and will do so at any excuse or provocation. So you're giving a lot of people exactly what they want. So right. it's, uh, it's, you know, hey, uh, you're a massage therapist? That's very interesting. I'm interested in massage too. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? And then you just, you know, gently nudge the conversation in the direction you needed to go in. But um, like it was hard getting out of some of the offices. <laughs>
0: All right, so you mentioned something about blowing up in your face and and I guess you know even though this was a great example of how to get out there and talk to customers, um I guess eventually you realized they didn't really care that much about mm-hmm. this problem
1: right um so what I eventually learned over the over the coming year or so was that the uh, uh how to put it many. Uh massage therapists slash hair salons, etc., are not exactly run in a um in a very business oriented manner, like they're businesses, but uh they're not run super professionally. There's no one whose job it is to, you know, uh take a look at the uh metrics for the business and make them better. And so if you're trying to sell something on this, will take the metrics for your business and make it better, uh, that's sort of difficult. Also, uh, and this is a thing that I did not think to ask about, you know uh hair, hair salons but uh useful information uh, if you're trying to sell to them a lot of the people who are in a hair salon do not work for the hair salon they have a business that is just them as an independent contractor and they rent a chair from the hair salon for the day and um the hair salon often has some like uh protocol by which they you know parcel out walk-ins and like parcel out uh uh, uh booked appointments to the various hair uh hairstylists on like a round robin basis so it's like literally no skin off their nose if somebody doesn't come in or they come in on time or not. It's just like, oh, well, you know, I'll get the next uh, walk-in that comes in anyhow or I won't based on whatever my position in the round robin is. So they just don't care. Um, and not caring about the core value proposition makes it rather difficult to sell things.
0: Do you think you could have done anything differently when you were talking to these hairdressers to figure that out sooner?
1: Um, I like, so I had my rough list of things that I wanted to, uh, uh, things that I wanted to ask them about. And it was largely things that I thought I needed to ask rather than the things that I actually needed to ask. Um, what probably would have, uh, uh, served me pretty well is, uh, leaning on like one person. Like I don't happen to know a hairstylist off the top of my head other than, well, the lady who cuts my hair. But, um, you know, find one person within like six degrees of social separation for me and just ask to shadow her for a day. And then I would have figured that out like really freaking quick. Um, uh, That's right. You know, minor missed opportunity.
0: All right. Now, one thing um, I know about you with the appointment reminder is that for, for for some time you weren't really very excited about this business.
1: Yep. And Why is that? So this is my single biggest challenge for Appointment Reminder. Um, so I think we're mutually friends with uh, Peldi from Balsamic, a great guy, a very talented software entrepreneur. He is. Uh, I was talking to him about Appointment Reminder a few weeks before it launched at a conference. And uh, and I was saying, this is going to be great. It's going to use Twilio integration. Um, I'm going to be able to charge customers X and Y and Z. And it's going to decrease their no-sure rates. It's going to be fantastic. And he says, Patrick, 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 stop for a second is what you want to spend the next five years of your life on optimizing the scheduling at dentist offices. I said, no, of course not. I don't care about scheduling at dentist offices, but this is a really great business. He's like, stop now. You're clearly not passionate for this. Do something you love. And I did not listen to his advice. (laughs) That was a mistake. Um, So a lot like for four years running now, I've declared that, okay, this is finally going to be the year that appointment reminder is going to be my number one thing. I'm going to pursue it to the, you know, it's going to be like my number one business priority I'm going to you know do great things on the marketing side uh make new features uh get in front of more customers finally get the growth that uh, this business clearly has you know hiding within it somewhere and for 4 years running it's been like anything else can distract me from point of reminder because honestly at the end of the day like I love my customers don't get me wrong they're the reason my family can afford to live in this apartment um but I don't like love love you know uh Keeping appointment books for dentist offices. Like, that's not, you know, doesn't feel like the reason I'm on this earth. Like, um, not something I'm passionate about. Like, I'm passionate about, you know, talking to uh, smart people about software, for example. And so um, there's been a lot of things that needed to happen for appointment reminder, which happened literally years after they needed to happen, just because, like, it's like, oh man, it's going to be a slog for two weeks. I think I'll go play League of Legends. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I had some, I had some better excuses there too. Like I, you know, in the interim, I met my wife, uh, married her, had a daughter. Um, so, you know, all those are totally legitimate reasons to not be working, uh, you know, uh, slammed out style. But, uh, uh I did a lot of work over the intervening four years too. It was just for, you know, things that were not a point of reminder, like, uh, uh, alphabetized, uh, alphabetized my book collection i played league of legends i think i wrote probably literally more than a million words on hacker news um and then you know absolutely anything would like bump the the work that had to happen off the stack just because it was like oh god i don't want to i don't want to be hyper compliant that's gonna suck btw guys uh hypo HIPA, i can never pronounce it would probably be able to pronounce it if I cared. Um, HIPAA compliance, not nearly as hard as you think it's going to be. You just like block off two weeks on the schedule and boom, you're done. And it took me like three years to figure out, you know, blocking off two weeks on the schedule and then adding a notification about that to my website. Like, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's my probably my number one historical uh, thing that's uh, uh, kept appointment reminder from being what it could be. So
0: why did you keep going with it? I mean, I guess a lot of people would have not only got
1: distracted, they would have probably forgotten about it. So um, can't forget about it because as long as you have at least one paying customer, you're like committed to them. Also, a point reminder is very uh, business critical. We might talk about that in a little bit. So like if it goes down in the middle of the night, that's catastrophic for somebody. Um, theoretically speaking, it's catastrophic for me. But like this would actually damage people's businesses. They rely on it uh, you know, on these reminders getting out at the right times. So um, I had to, you know, put in a a continuous effort on like the engineering side of things. And uh, that made it, um, you know, it was in that weird twilight where I wasn't putting in the work that it needed to grow, but I also couldn't ignore it. Um, And one of the reasons that, you know, it was uh, like easy to back burner for the longest time was like, uh, if you've ever heard the expression, long, slow SAS ramp of death, uh, which was by the uh, uh, Gail Goodman uh, did this presentation about constant contact. And basically, you know, we have this uh, impression from reading the media that successful ba- SaaS businesses have a growth curve that looks like a hockey stick. But most businesses don't get the hockey stick. What they instead get is the eponymous long, slow SAS ramp of death, where your MRR grows very, very slowly and linearly over time. Until you start to figure things out, and so you know a year and a half into the business after I've poured in, I don't know how many hours and significant amounts of brains sweat and whatnot. it was making like fifteen hundred dollars a month of m r r or something, and at the time, I was doing consulting, and a two week consulting engagement was worth sixty thousand dollars, and so you know. I get the check from a consulting engagement. I'm a little exhausted, but very happy with how it worked out. It was, you know, a very intellectually uh stimulating exercise for me. And I've got a, a check for sixty grand in my hand, which is more than I made in two years of my old day job and was feeling fantastic. And it's like, great, what do I do for the next two weeks? I can either work on a point reminder a little bit and increase the monthly recurring revenue by a hundred dollars, or I could play League of Legends. <laughs> and League of Legends happened. I got pretty good at that game. Uh, <laughs> But did not grind up on the business nearly as well now
0: you you mentioned that appointment reminder really is mission critical for for many of your customers <laughs> um, what kind of challenges did you face with um with that over the last few years?
1: sure um let me tell you the anecdote of the single worst day I've ever had in business. Uh, both from the perspective of this is funny that we can laugh about it three years later. And also, you know, if this is as bad as life gets, life isn't all that bad. Although it felt like it at the time. Um, I was moving apartments. And so uh, because I was silly when moving apartments, my cell phone managed to get packed up in one of the boxes and my cell phone gets all the monitoring alerts for appointment reminder for things like, you know, the servers are down or the queue workers are down. The queue workers are the part of the system that actually sends out the uh, the appointment reminders. So they have to be up. And uh, stupidly, I decided right before, you know, packing my cell phone up for the apartment move, I think I'm going to, you know, try to get a little work done today. I'll just uh, add one little like uh, a check for an error case in, uh, in my queue worker uh, class. And that check for an error case made the queue workers unable to boot but only after they went down once. So they went down randomly uh, later in the evening after I was uh, ensconced in my new apartment and the computer immediately started complaining to my cell phone, which was off and in a box. Um, Wow. And so several hours later, I just woke up with a, just an unaccountable feeling of unease. Like, I wonder if I'm forgetting something. Maybe (laughs) Maybe I'll, you know, I'll pull out my Kindle here and check my email and my my email has exploded from people wondering what the heck happened to their appointment reminders today. I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. And you know, I'm starting to like put together what series of events could possibly have happened. And like, Oh God, uh, the, it must be that the queue workers are down. And, um, and so I, uh, like maneuver from my Kindle to whatever the magic page I need to reset the queue workers. And I like reset them and I check to see that the queues are up and they're up now. I'm like, okay, great. I'm done. I go to sleep. I spend the next day like partly unpacking, but I don't have my laptop out. And uh, then I check my email and my email was bad the day before, but it was now, Incredibly bad because what I had not realized when uh, when I hit like the queue worker after they'd been down for eight hours was every five minutes during that eight hour interval, my computer said, "Have I called Kathy Smith yet?" "Oh, I haven't." "Okay, add a call to Kathy Smith on the queue." "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> so everyone who was supposed to get a phone call from appointment oh, reminder no. got um, you know twelve times eight is like ninety six phone calls. Oh, All God. at once. <laughs> and a typical residential phone doesn't really handle 96 simultaneous phone calls happening that well. They just, like, stack up and wait. So you can imagine my customers', my customers, customers phones are ringing off the hook. And every time they, like, you know, they hang up, I don't want to hang up, they get another phone call instantaneously. <laughs> to the point where, uh, so this happened to a few dozen people. They had to, like, you know, take their phone out of the wall to get it to stop ringing. So um wow. I find out about this because after the email has started in America, you know, workday starts in America and people start coming into their appointments and carrying a new one to their like doctors and whatnot. And so their doctors start, you know, writing me emails and I get the emails again on my on my phone. that can't really do much uh, at uh, 3 a.m. Japan time. And I don't have Internet in my new apartment yet. So I pack up my laptop and a space heater and walk. Uh, oh, by the way, in the town I was living in at the time, there were no taxis that operated at 3 a.m. So the only place I knew that had internet working at 3 a.m. was my old apartment, so, uh, which didn't have heat. And it was raining and in the middle of winter. And so I was carrying my laptop in one hand and a space heater in the other, walking across <laughs> town for 45 minutes. While feeling like the most terrible failure of an entrepreneur in the world, crying my eyes out, I get to the I get to my old apartment, plug in the space heater, plug in the laptop, and I just lost it. Like I because I knew what I had to do. I had to call up sixty people or you know whatever the number was and apologize for that uh, to them for you know ringing their phone off the wall the other day and say no, it wasn't Doctor Smith's fault. I'm the CEO of the company that um, that. Uh, I made the 60 phone calls the other day. I'm the only person that was at fault here. I'm really sorry. If there's any way I can make it up to you, please tell me and do that call 60 times in succession. And I got done with about two of them, Uh, got chewed out a little bit, lost it again, had to call my father because I was, I just could not continue. Um, uh, He he gave me a nice little pep talk. uh, And then I made another, you know, 40 calls, and then called in an evening. And uh, uh, I'm the only person who remembers that day, aside from maybe people who've, who who ha- heard about it. Uh, we only ended up losing two customer accounts. One came back after they were uh, satisfied if, uh, for the way I dealt with it. Like their patients came in the next time and uh, said, hey, uh, you know, figured out what happened with that phone call thing. It was uh, uh, Patrick, like, miskeyed something, but he seems to be a really stand-up chap. Uh, you know, totally no harm done. Um, wow. So was like if I showed you my revenue graph right now, you couldn't tell what day it happened. Um if, even if I showed you my phone graph right now, you couldn't tell what day it happens because we process, you know, we process more phone calls every morning at like 7.32 a.m. than that entire day of blow up did. Um, I'm glad it blew up early in the life of the business and not late in the life of the business. Cause if we if we did 60 phone calls for every person we call on an average Monday these days, that would be Oh God, a lot of phone calls. <laughs> Twilio would have a blockbuster quarter.
0: That That is a great story. And um, it, it says a lot about you actually going and, and calling all those people up. Um, let's talk about uh, the business today and what 2015 looks like. Now, even the, you became a father recently, right? Your daughter mm-hmm. was born when daughter was born back in October. Congratulations!
1: Thanks very now, much. Now,
0: um, in one in one of your blog posts, you said that the birth of your daughter was the turning point for you in how you thought about an appointment reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. so, so tell so, me about so, that. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, so. Uh, like in the run-up to the birth of my daughter, I was thinking, okay, uh, you know, I have uh, appointment reminders not where I want it to be. I I want to uh, both have it like numerically in a place where I'm happy with it and where it can uh, support my family without me having to you know go out and do the consulting rainmaking dance once every year or, or without having to do additional products. And uh, at the same time, I also need to uh, get some of this off my plate because. Um, Appointment reminder being rather mission critical and uh, sales in it only happening when uh, I, uh, you know, uh, push the sales through myself uh, it was just, it was not an unsustainable workload, but it was an unsustainable workload if you put it on top of being a new father. So I thought, okay, I've got to, you know, make the, make the changes in the business that's necessary to make this uh, sustainable, both for myself and for the business. And um, so I thought, okay. I've been, you know, doing the software business uh, basically by myself for the last eight years. Uh, the closest thing I have to an employee is a single virtual assistant who works with me from the Philippines for, you know, probably less than an hour or two a week. All right. Um, I need to have someone help on appointment reminder, on particularly the sales side of thing, And I need to get appointment reminder in a position where someone can actually execute on the sales. So how am I going to do that? I put on my thinking cap and figured out. Okay, what am I? <laughs> who? Who so, is
0: calling you at this time of the night?
1: That <laughs> is a good question. It might be somebody. Oh, it's the. Uh, uh, so I have uh, uh, given to the fire department in my hometown before, and they circulate my uh, my number to all the other uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, semi-charitable organizations in the hometown. Uh, you get on one person's mailing list, and they give it to everybody else. Anyhow, uh, neither here nor there. It is not the appointment reminder or emergency line. Otherwise, would be, <laughs> yeah. we'd be cutting this one a little short. That, by the way, uh, that is an actual thing. It used to have the uh, the ringtone. Um, it's called uh, the Wagner thing, uh, Ride of the Valkyries. Dun dun da, dun, 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 dun dun Nice. And I swear, if I hear that, if I hear that tune now, I have like post traumatic stress disorder. Had to hear it there. So, um, sales. So I'm really good at automating things. I'm not, you know, a uh, pick up the phone and have a really like a chest bumping, you should really buy this today. And uh, if you buy it by the end of the quarter, it'll be 25% less, blah, 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 kind of sales guy personality. Um, so what works for me is, you know, being very connected to customers, um, uh, exercising my engineering smarts in terms of like having cron jobs do a little bit of the sales, uh, tying things directly into how the application works, uh, but not so much on the like actual calling. So it's like, okay, I'm going to have somebody do the actual calling and I'm going to uh, have a CRM so that we can, you know, be on the same page for that. Uh, And then I'll have deep integration between the CRM and appointment reminder proper. So they get all the information they need to do their jobs and uh, the from the customer's perspective, it seems like a seamless experience between um, using the app, having a having a person on the phone with them who knows exactly what they're going through and what the next steps are, and uh, having features available for the uh, sales rep slash person doing customer onboarding uh, to be able to onboard customers in like a minimally painful fashion. And so, um, uh, I built about half of that before my daughter was born and my daughter uh, showed up a little bit early. So I uh, pushed the pause button on development for another two months and then uh, got back to work, uh, banged out a lot of it. And uh, so sales efforts started in earnest back maybe in like early January. And right now I'm, you know, looking back on the last month of it and uh, starting to tweak naps on, okay, this went well, this perhaps a little less well, um, talking with my sales rep on uh, what she needs to do her job better and then getting that added to the business.
0: How much revenue are you doing at the moment with appointment reminder?
1: We just hit 7k MRR. um, So annualized uh, and you add in, well, uh, so I've got a few enterprise accounts. Uh, The enterprise accounts are a little, are a little annoying because they're NDA'd. Uh, Let's say an enterprise account can be anywhere from like, you know, single digit thousands a year to. Uh, theoretically speaking, we could probably like service an account that paid a hundred thousand a year, but in practice, I've never actually signed one for a hundred thousand. I think represent number of the largest enterprise account I've ever uh, signed was uh, seventy five thousand for um, a multi year contract. Uh, so,
0: are, are you are you doing over six figures with this business when you include all of that?
1: Yes, six figures. I'll okay. say that.
0: And and what is your so from the seven K you're doing with the MRR right now? What's your goal for twenty fifteen?
1: So um, I'm trying to shoot for the end of quarter two. I want it to be up to 15K, which is a little it's on the aggressive side, but I think doable now that we have um somebody who's actually doing sales work every day rather than just me passively responding to emails. Um so in the I'm um, uh, doing the you know short-term SaaS uh, uh SaaS cash flow deficit thing, where uh, this happens in a lot of SaaS businesses, but the uh since the commission operated, uh, sorry, commission, earning, uh, Salesforce, uh, earns, let's say three months or four months of the uh, revenue from a customer upfront as of, you know, the day that they sign up or, uh, or like 30 days later, but then you, you actually like physically earn that four months of revenue over the next four months. Right. So if, um, if somebody increases MRR by $1,000 in January, And that means I owe them whatever their base pay is plus uh, let's say three and a half months times a thousand is uh, 3,500. So you can, you know, do the math of that versus seven K that cuts it very close to the bone. Uh, But, you know, six months from now, then uh, the magic of calculus takes over and uh, the business is grossing a lot more than it would have been uh, without the uh, sales rep. So in that uh, kind of like, it's a weird place for a bootstrapper to be like I'm uh, doing this totally out of, you know, uh, my own revenue slash my own pocket uh, rather than doing the traditional thing. And, uh, uh, you know, taking, OK, I have a working sales process, a, uh, a product which hundreds of customers use. I have non-trivial revenues and demonstrated capability to earn a seventy five thousand dollar check with it. OK, can you write me a check for five hundred thousand dollars so I can hire five sales reps? Um, but it's a, you know, fun challenge.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, Patrick, it's now time for our lightning round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'd like you to answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? Sure thing. All right. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received?
1: Oh, man, it's too late in the evening for me to do lightning. Uh, Best piece of business advice I ever received. (laughs) Uh, Focus, focus, focus. So I've run a product portfolio for the last couple of years. Uh, It turns out probably not optimal. If I were doing it over again, I would... Uh, Try to have products which were more closely clumped together in terms of who they served. Also be more clumped against uh, my interest rather than like all over the map.
0: What book would you recommend to our
1: audience and why? So it takes a little bit of tweaking for uh, bootstrapped entrepreneurs, but read Predictable Revenue. Um, it's, uh, It's about how to do an outbound sales operation, but there's a lot of stuff which is useful for inbound sales as well and uh it's sort of the bible at a lot of larger saas companies uh for a reason uh, it's about four times longer than it needs to be after you feel like it's repeating itself it is um you can stop <laughs> reading it then but that like the one quarter of the book that is repeated four times is freaking fantastic
0: what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur uh,
1: starting uh the the biggest difference uh, from like the people I look at as my professional pe- peers and the folks who, you know, come up to me and, you know, talk to me on like a once a year basis, but never have a business is that the, uh, you know, all the successful entrepreneurs were willing to like, uh, to use the dwarf fortress metaphor, you know, I'm a geek, strike the earth, like actually, you know, get out there, get in the market, get something in the hands of customers and start iterating on it.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Uh, personal productivity tool. I really love Trello for the to-do lists and for like giving me that little uh, dopamine burst that okay stuff is happening in the business clearly because like pixels are moving from the left side of the screen to the right side of my screen. Boom. Um, habit-wise, uh, I check email only twice a day. Uh, I check it in the morning and then I check it uh, once before I I clock out for the day. Whether that's clocking out to go to bed or clocking out to just you know have an evening with my family. Uh, if you leave your email client giving you desktop notifications all day long. Uh, It just, you know, drops you out of flow state too often.
0: If you had to start over tomorrow, what type of business, market or problem would you want to go and tackle?
1: So I'm a software guy at heart, uh, but rather than doing a SaaS business where the uh, with like the traditional SaaS price points, you know, $29 to like $250 or $500 a month. I'd probably be looking at something like a uh, SaaS business on the low end that's closer to SaaS plus productized consulting on the high end, where it's basically a wrapper for at start you, but eventually some other experts uh, delivering the service. Great example of this is Bench, which is basically like a software wrapper around uh, bookkeepers. Um, The thing that I've been thinking of doing as my next gig, which probably won't happen, so feel free to steal this, is Uh uh, like SaaS pricing pages as a service, because I love SaaS so much. I know a lot about software. I love talking to software people. I would be like, okay, at the low end, it'll just be you know a hostable page that will uh, allow you to create um, you know really nice pricing pages and A/B test them against each other. Towards the middle end, like I will be giving you advice about exactly what you should put on your pricing page. And at the high end, you give me back access to your back end database so I can create the plans. And I will be your like company's chief revenue officer, and that's going to run you. You know. Three thousand dollars or five thousand dollars a month, and the reason I would do it that way is uh, it takes an awful lot of time to hit, um, you know, day job equivalent salaries if you're building that up thirty bucks per customer. But it doesn't take an awful lot of time if you just got to, you know, go to three or four people you've worked with successfully in the past and say, "Hey, uh, buy this three K package for me; it'll be worth your while." So you know, you would have like a a built-in base of revenue which is uh, day job competitive as of you know a few weeks into running the business. And then you can build from there uh, with both that to fall back on and that to reinvest into the business rather than having to go on the dun, 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 long, slow SAS ramp of death.
0: What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Uh,
1: interesting or fun fact about me that most people don't know. Blinking. So I play League of Legends. Uh, my favorite character is AD Jungle Evelyn. If any of you guys uh, get that reference, high five. My name is Paul League. League. Uh, drop me an invite anytime. Although I play a little less these days. I'm more of a family man than a gamer.
0: All right. And finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: Um, I really think this gets too little uh, attention in our community by a lot of people. So I always try to mention it. Uh, I'm very... Very, very serious about being like a husband and father first, and an entrepreneur like thirty second, as compared to those two. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of the, the entrepreneurs that I most admire. Uh, when I look around, uh, I see, you know, there's an impression uh, if you read the magazines or read the internet that the the core of like the energy of entrepreneurship is twenty uh, four year olds who are killing themselves and have not enough time to even take somebody out on a date. But when I look at the folks who are around me, spiritually speaking. It's folks with, you know, happy marriages, uh, folks who are utterly devoted to their children. And uh, I want to just emphasize that, A, that's totally doable. There's nothing about uh, this line of work that says you have to sell your soul to get into it. And uh, B, it's, you know, it's important. Like At the end of the day, uh, 40 years from now, I'm not really going to care what the MRR for appointment reminder was as of, you know, uh, Q2 2015. I'm going to care about uh uh, you know, my daughter's baby pictures and whether I've been a good father by her and a good uh, husband by my wife. So, I, uh, you know, try to optimize for that in the long run.
0: Awesome. Great answers. Patrick, I want to thank you for joining me today and sharing your experiences, insights, and, and thank you for letting us get to know you a little better personally as well. Now, if folks want to find out more about Appointment Reminder or they want to read
1: your blog, what's the best way for them to... Do that. Sure. Um, if you want to see appointment reminder, it's at appointmentreminder.org or just Google appointment reminder, by the way. Um uh, buy an org domain name for 8 95 instead of paying 30000 dollars for the dot com name, like the broker wanted, works equally <laughs> as well. Um if you want to email me, my email address is Patrick at Calzumius, K-A-L-Z-U-M-E-U-S.com. Uh also at my blog at com. There's um uh, I don't blog quite so frequently anymore, but there's a uh uh, it asks for your email address at the top of the screen. I send uh, about one email a month out to my email list about uh, making and selling software. And it's some of my best work. I'm really, uh, really happy with the way those essays turn out. So I'd recommend if this was interesting to you, get on that email list. Also new announcements coming down the pike in like a month or so. So get on now while, while the getting's good.
0: All right. Awesome, Patrick. Thanks again for joining me today. I really appreciate you doing this, especially in the middle of your night. Um, and I wish you continued success.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, Omer. I also wish you continued success. If there's any, ever anything I can do for any of you guys that would uh, help you out with this, I've only achieved my little modest slice of uh, slice of a successful business because people have been very generous with their time with me. So if there's ever anything I can do, I want to help you guys out as well. Uh, drop me a line.
0: That's great. Thank you. Cheers. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. Atio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go-to-market motion, from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 labs, Replicate, Modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at atio.com. That's attio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? sastoolkit.com.